Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Only the second hour of our show, which features listeners' questions, is heard live from 5 to 6 p.m. every Saturday on WJR. However, both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Hello and welcome. I'm Foster Brown, the co-host of the program and also the producer. And we have got another great program lined up. For one, we hope will answer questions that you folks have been asking us both by email and when you call in. What am I supposed to do when I want to go and get a, a new laptop? What do I look for? How do I go about doing that? We're going to concentrate on that today. We're also going to follow up on the debate about Apple and the FBI's request or demand for information from that locked-up cell phone. Coming up next, we'll get back to the Internet Advisor. I should say welcome into the Internet Advisor. Foster Brown here. We're on from 4 until 6 p.m. this afternoon, and delighted to be able to be with you here on a regular basis again. Gary Baker is here with me in the studio. Good to have you, Gary. It's great to be here. Yep. Ed Rudell, also in house. Yep, just, uh, you know, I dug out of the uh, snowmageddon or whatever oh, we had. Oh, man. You know, I went to work the following day, and these guys were like, we got four inches. And I'm like, I had 13 inches. <laughs> hey, it's going to all melt. It, and it, and mo- it has a lot of it. <laughs> Northern Oakland County, where Ed lives, really got, you got bombed. It was not yeah. It was the blowing snow. I I, I'd, uh, I have a 300-foot driveway, and when I'd <laughs> shovel it in, by the time I got to the other end, it filled oh. back up again. And I'm like, I got to shovel my way back on the other side of the driveway. <laughs> Reminds me, when I was growing up as a kid, snow fencing was mm-hmm. big. Yeah. Yes, and I snow had that fencing. for the first few years I was there. Yeah. I got lazy. I'm gonna... oh, Well, no, I, and when you live in the country, that's part of the cost of living in the country in and a lot I of ways. walk uphill both ways to school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't... Cal, did you walk up both, both ways uphill to school? No, no, no. The, the pyramid was very, you know, it was square. You just walked around it. It was very, very easy. You know, I don't feel not one bit sorry for this gentleman Uh-oh. with the 300-foot driveway. He because chooses he to cho- live out there. He yeah. chooses to live out in a fabulous place where he has plenty of room. He can stretch out and enjoy during the summertime. And, and shovel during the winter. Meal. He just <laughs> shovel in the winter. That's all. No, right. plow in the winter, not yeah. shovel. I can walk out on my deck in my skivvies in the summertime and <laughs> no, you'll see you, wave the at the llamas can, next can you say that on radio? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know, but I'm so glad I'm not his next door neighbor. <laughs> you couldn't see my next door neighbor. Oh. <laughs> the only thing you can see are llamas, and they just whistle at me. <laughs> the llamas whistle. Hey, before we dive into the uh, the topic of the week, which has been the Apple FBI battle, and we even before we started the program, we were chewing on that. There's some other things that have come up that I wanted to talk about. One I, I saw was posted by our friend, uh, uh, Kathleen Norton Shock, yes, friend of ours yep. who has been on the air with Good us. Friend. She's yep. one of the uh, digital divas, uh-huh. and uh, she posted something uh, that is kind of an interesting statistic that I hadn't seen before, and that is that. Uh, let me just quote this. Um, here's a plus for Southeast Michigan. A recent study done by the Smart Asset Company found that when it comes to pay, the best city for women in technology is far and away Detroit. 
women working in Detroit's tech sector actually get paid significantly more than men. Well, they're better, usually. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we better not say that too loudly, right? 122.8% of men's pay. Relative to other cities, Detroit's tech sector has a lot of women, with 44.5% of all tech jobs in the city filled by women. Interesting. And uh, Detroit also has extremely high growth in the tech sector, with three-year tech employment growth rate reaching 32%. Which all says, you know, Gary, for years we've been talking about this, and it seems to be working. Here. <laughs> Certainly, in, yeah, in the Detroit area, that uh, the role of women in technology is increasing. I and, wonder, you know, because it's a relatively new tech sector right in the city. Yeah, that's um, true. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I wonder, too. But you, We should figure that out. We should find out um, and really dig in. I wonder if we could get to the data. That'd be interesting to find or whoever that has gotten to the data, bring them in. Well, we've, shown, we've seen yeah. for, like well, women like Mary Barra, who was in charge of GM. You know, you have some women who are very, very powerful positions. Right. Uh, you know, in, for instance, in the auto industry. Well, and, are, but and beyond Mar- that, Marcy Clavens, who's the CIO of Ford. There you go. There so, you go. so basically, what it boils down to is, I have to shave my beard and put a skirt on, and <laughs> get a twenty-two percent increase. <laughs> you can't possibly pull no, that sorry, one off. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Keep the beard. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> hey, listen. I didn't say I was going to be the most attractive one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, tell me, has Facebook made your week more enjoyable with the new emojis, guys? Do you, have you seen that? I have. I have, and I'm still stuck on just the uh, like button. I really haven't found anything I want to put a, a frown on or a... It's been a I slow Facebook week. hate emojis. Well, I always found it rather weird that when, for instance, somebody put uh, a statement there about, uh, for instance, uh, my, somebody my died. Fa- my yeah, father's sick, yeah. and you know, or, people or, like it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, to like somebody being sick. No, I don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, so this allows you a little more range, I guess. I, yeah. Sure. Well, there's, now, more, there's a range of emotion. <laughs> there's a, a range of emojis, right? Now, yes, mm-hmm. finally, there's a range of emotions. Whatever happened to typing, I'm sorry to hear that your father's sick. Well, that I typed <laughs> that know, as well. It, it takes so much trouble to put in Come five on. or six words. You are so cynical today. Boy, I'll tell you what. what, did, uh, you, what it's r- probably because this is a leap year. The, oh, that's right. We've got an extra day. Oh, so I have to be cynical an extra day? <laughs> no. I don't know if that has to get that to attitude adjusted. And, <laughs> and, it's, and it's a Monday, so that means we get to work an extra day this year. Woohoo! <laughs> Ooh, that's right. Yeah, we, but get, we t- get paid one more extra day. I was going to ask you, so that, I don't think that works Do we get like time and a half for uh, the extra day? I don't think that works that way. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my shop. <laughs> Speaking of which, you guys, bigger grins on, on our friends there because they are uh, dining on some corporate bonuses, I understand, have been been a blessing for a lot of people in industries around Detroit as well. This has been a very good year for Carson. Yeah, had I been a girl, I'd be 22% blessed. <laughs> <laughs> You're still stuck on that, aren't you? you know, hey, that is just a fabulous statistic. I mean, good stuff I love, and I'm going to ride it like a horse, but it's great. When I get back to work, I'm going to talk to April about this. <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure you're on the right side of that uh, that, that equation. Eh? Well, guys, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Apple uh, FBI brouhaha that's been going on just to kind of wrap up some things. An interesting uh, article that I saw uh, was called Top 5 Distortions, Delusions, and Downright Lies Involved in the Apple FBI Business. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then I want to spend most of this first hour for uh, with us trying to build a laptop computer 
for our audience. So many people have called Ed and written into us, how do I buy my next computer and, and what should I buy? And we're going to look at some very practical ways and some very practical details that you can look at when you're looking, shopping for your next computer. All that's coming up in this hour of the Internet Advisor. And don't forget, there are two hours out there. Second one's for your questions. Well, the tug of war between the FBI and Apple over the terrorist 5SE cell phone has not gone away. As a matter of fact, it's kind of gotten thicker this past week, and I thought we'd check back in and see what you guys have found in the past week. I know that, Ed, you've been researching some things, and uh, we were talking a little bit about it beforehand uh, between the, the segments here. Ed, what did you find this past week that struck you about the whole the whole business that may have changed your thoughts? Well, basically, I think Apple Insider had an article today that basically said that Apple cooperated at five or six different times in retrieving information from that account and that phone with the FBI prior to the most recent lawsuit. And, and basically that they were in constant communication with the uh, federal agencies Mm -hmm. and that the one time the federal agency didn't contact them, they went ahead on their own, contacted the owner of the, of the the company, which was a health system. I think the health system, yeah. The county health system that owned the, uh, right. And they went out there and then they had the county change that password. As soon as they did that, Apple's hands were tied and they couldn't basically retrieve anymore. But all the information was that they could retrieve in that method was disclosed, but then they kept on being asked to provide additional copies of the same information mm, mm. Um, you know that's really the only other thing I dug up you know and, and it's, it came out last week when we were talking Gary um, I think it was uh, Scott Lawson uh, brought the point up and then as a matter of fact uh, Dean Norton was uh, who from Mac professionals also had mentioned as well this business of the change in the password uh, it seemed to be kind of the thought was look folks the FBI is simply asking you to give them do this just help them out in this case stop fiddling around and grandstanding well and then wait a in minute. the past it wasn't week, that there was a court order. Uh, exactly. I mean, okay. well, but, there was but the a court point order. Was... It's very specific. The court has the right to do this. And if you don't listen to the court order, you're in contempt of court. But what has come out right. in the meantime is that the FBI shot itself in the foot on its very own when it went to the, health, the county health agency and told them before this whole thing began, before the court order came around, to change that password. Well, the most recent court so, order, there were other warrants issued beforehand. And, and Apple did comply with those mm-hmm. five separate times or six different times. It was the most recent where they were basically Apple is the, the holder of the key and them as the software, you know, writer, mm-hmm. if you want to flash or put an alternate version of the OS on there that would basically unlock it, the only company that can do that would, is Apple because they have the certificate owner. Think of it as like a firmware. So the only time you could put a, a, an alternate firmware on there, it has to come from Apple. They're the certificate right. writer. Okay. And that's what the FBI is asking. Apple saying, we're not doing it. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do this because it's just going to open the floodgates for you know all these other lawsuits that are coming through. So the issue so- is precedent? <laughs> well, it's precedent, but not in the same way that you think. Okay. They, if it's uh, the U.S. government issuing a, a court order mm-hmm. to have them do it, and they've done it, and all technology companies will take and comply. The one problem that uh, Apple is experiencing now and the concern that they have is that if they were to to do what is being asked of them— mm-hmm. It's not beyond the realm of possibility that a different um, government where they sell iPhones will ask them to do that as well. So if China says, we want you 
to do the, do same, the thing. same thing for us. Gotcha. And there's, you know, if Apple says yes, they could be in violation of our technology treaties that will, that mm. there are all, almost all the big companies that have security software cannot mm-hmm. sell mm-hmm. certain types of software sure. outside of the U.S. or outside of a, a group of of company countries that they can sell to. So the precedence is not only in, in U.S. law, but it's also internationally what happens. Potentially, then, China mm. could say, you can't sell iPhones in China. Mm. Mm. This is all about money. <laughs> yeah. It's all about money. Well, it's, it's a just slippery that, slope. Yeah. It, and, and do, you know, I love my iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see the Chinese have iPhones too. But, you know, you have to understand that... Apple is concerned about it, yeah, and so they're going to defy as much as possible this court order. And they and they've got it; they're appealing it right now. And, yeah. and realize the encryption on that iPhone and the issues that Gary brought up will be the same issues that will come up on the Android phones eventually if they have encryption on them as well. Absolutely, and every other electronic device that is out there. So the question is: Do we open the gates now? Mm-hmm. Do we open them later? Do we take a stand? Which way do we go? And and, and, in on the one, past and on with, one side of the game, you could say Apple's being, you know, uh, defiant of court and that sort of thing. On the other side of the game, you could say Apple is standing up for protecting what we need to protect. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's really a, a dangerous, or, or I mean not dangerous, but but uncomfortable position that the manufacturer is so stuck in. Do you so think we're there gonna are other com- there are other companies that have been in the same situation? And they are not allowed to sell certain technology to foreign government into foreign countries on the certain blacklist, right? Mm. Where we don't have a technology treaty with. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is going to end up in the Supreme Court? What do you think? Based on the kind of thing, the issues that you're that are being raised here, I think I, I think it'll I, go that high. I yes. think it will because the appellate court is going to rule in favor of of the court order that was issued mm-hmm. uh, by the lower court. Mm-hmm. So therefore, Apple, having a lot of money, because <laughs> they don't pay taxes in the U.S., they hide <laughs> their money in, in Ireland and other places, billions of dollars of taxpayer money. Like a lot of other corporations like as a lot, well. Like a lot of other corporations. Mm-hmm. Apple has taken it to a, to a higher level. To oh, find you out. Got, they got more when, money when to hide. That, when you got that much money, you <laughs> got to get good. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. All right? It's still, it's still money that... If they had paid it, we wouldn't have such a deficit. But anyway. <laughs> and, and the um, iPhone makes up how much of their revenue? A, a whole oh, lot. I thought it was yeah. over 50%. Oh, isn't well it? over. Yeah. Well yeah. Over. But, but so, you know, there are companies that cannot sell into China, cannot sell certain technology into China. They just can't. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to by our government. Yeah. And if China was Pango Pango, where they had a population of 15 or something like that, uh, that'd be one thing. But when you have a market that is absolutely billions out, of it's, people, it's crazy. Mm. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's the economics really difficult yeah. from a business standpoint. And Gary, this goes back to, to you. Pass that up. It, come, it comes down to economics at that point. You know, this is yeah, welcome to free you know. enterprise. This is part of the cost. And there are certain companies that would just say, we'll comply with the court order. Mm-hmm. And we'll comply with the technology treaties that we have from our government to other governments, or don't have, and they won't sell that technology. And Apple is trying to get around it because they want to sell all their technology wherever they want to sell it. Right? 
I'm regardless of whether that hurts U.S. citizens or not. I'm just glad they have Gary here to explain this to me, <laughs> because I really thought this was defiance versus court orders, and, you know, uh, this adds a certain level of complexity that I could not even imagine but to, you know, to it. This yeah. They don't do it just because, they do it because of the money. Yeah. It's you funny. know, this goes down the same sort of principle when we talk about, uh, you know, gun rights in this country, too. Oh, yeah. You know... <laughs> Free enterprise comes with a price. Some of those prices are good. Some of those prices are ugly. And, you know, it, this is what a- Apple wants to be continue to do, free enterprise. And that comes with a price. Could you and ever, and there, are, there are manufacturers of, of weapons in the U.S. that are not allowed to sell to certain other countries mm-hmm. because our government doesn't have that kind of a treaty with Guys, them. Could, could and, you, and, by the way, it still gets sold, right? It's just on the black market. Of could course. you imagine... 10 years ago, that we would get to this kind of a discussion where we're talking about um, the, uh, a software program for a phone having the kind of impact on not only the, this country, but on the, on the law, on everything else. I mean, it's astounding. Well, well, it won't have a big impact unless there's something on the phone that could have prevented another attack uh, and more people well, die. That, that's certainly more complicated. Right? And then that's a problem, mm. right? That's a problem for anybody withholding the evidence. You know, I, I as we talked on the break, I sympathize and, and I definitely go along with you. I'd, I'd like to see that done. But then again, we pay the same price for gun liberties in this country. You know, if we didn't have such loose laws... Maybe somebody else wouldn't die from it. All right, guys, we're going to have to put a bookmark in this right now. Uh, we're going to be posting some things on uh, on our, our homepage as well, some other things that maybe you can chew on <laughs> as you consider the ups and downs, the ins and outs of this conversation. Back in just a moment to design a laptop for you. Yeah, that's right, for you. Coming up next on the Internet Advisor. We have teased often that we need kind of a, like a, an all, a parallel universe that we could publish uh, for our listeners, and that is the, what goes on here in the breaks. No one would listen to the commercial <laughs> messages that pay our salaries. There if, you uh, go. Because That's they'd the be problem. watching the webcam of uh, what goes on between the breaks here. Uh, of course, you Great know, discussion. We could always do it. We could call it the B-side, and we could put it on our Great. website. Oh, Folks we could. could go there and look at it after the show. Mm. We'll have to do that. We'll yeah, have to that, create that. We should do that. Yeah, in the no, meantime, maybe, maybe we shouldn't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most frequently asked questions, both on the air and off, and you guys, I think, can attest to this in terms of the emails that we receive, were people saying, can you help me decide um, how do I go about getting my next laptop? And I'm not going to go into the debate of whether it's desktop or laptop today, but people are wanting to find out what factors do I have to take into consideration. So what I thought I'd do is I chose a laptop. I went on um, to Amazon, and um, I picked a, a, a laptop, which is a um, Lenovo uh, laptop. Uh, it's a 15... Which used, used to be IBM. Used to be IBM. Actually, uh, Lenovo built them for IBM, and they just bought the rights to, uh, to build them themselves. So. Exactly. And the thing about this, folks, by the way, is that I was astounded by the price. $266. Mm-hmm. $266. And uh, this is no slouch either. It uh, has Windows 10 on it. It has um, a Celeron um, CPU in it, uh, 2.16 gigahertz as a speed, 4 gigabytes of RAM, uh, 500 gigabyte hard drive in it. It's got a uh, DVD player, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, what I thought I'd do, because people have asked, you know, what do we do? How do I make decisions about the laptop that I want to get? First of all, I wanted to say, we, we said this very often. There are very inexpensive laptops out there for you. 
Right. You know, and this is an example. And this is for, off of Amazon, $260 for um, a Windows 10 laptop. Okay, oh, I, I will continue to be the surly son of a gun in the room. Oh, <laughs> Two things that I, I and I read what you you wrote about Foster and, and I do like what you did and what you pulled together and stuff like that. Two things come in mind when I when I'm trying to get a person to buy a computer or if they ask me for help to yep. be able to buy a computer. Yep. There are two things that I always go with. Number one, you can't buy that computer unless you're in front of that computer. Right. In other words, especially a laptop because it's a very personal experience. Very good point. You got to feel those key keys to feel they feel good to you when you type. You got to look at that screen and see if it looks good to you when you use it. Those things are extremely important in the purchase of that laptop. So hands-on and I by the way that is a factor that isn't a technical factor but it's a very practical one. Hands-on is very important. It can make a difference on whether or not I'd want to buy that laptop. Absolutely. Now, that aside, my next step on that would be where the price sounds good, and mm-hmm. it is Lenovo, which is a good brand. Yep. It's durability. What are you getting? You know, uh, that age-old uh, adage of you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. I, if you're getting a really good value, then it's great. And I think if I looked at, remember looking at the article you did, I think that thing originally retailed for, what, 600 bucks, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So in that particular case, it's probably a good deal. Mm-hmm. But that's be the second thing that I would say. Six hundred and forty dollars. In other words, that's the other thing that's important. About three hundred dollars before that. How important is brand name bet in, in terms of buying a laptop? Um, I think it's pretty good. I mean, um, what, what, who are the big ones? You got HP. You got Dell. Lenovo. You got Asus. You got Len- Lenovo. Um, I go with the top four, HP, Dell, Lenovo, and Toshiba. Those are the four that I feel trusted right, with. Right, but according to one of the guys we work, he just, he just buys Zeus all the time because yeah. he just loves them. So maybe five. Okay, and, HP, and Dell, Lenovo, coming up, Asus. You know, that's mm-hmm. almost getting into that top tier right now. What was now, the other so. one? HP, Dell, Lenovo, Asus? I would go uh, HP, Dell, Lenovo, uh, Toshiba. Toshiba. He said Asus, and some people will squeak Acer in there. Right, okay. Acer's coming up as well. I, mean, right. I think Acer's coming up even faster than Zeus. Yeah. So that's, bra- so you, that's brand new. Acer purchased. Did you include Dell? Yes. Yes, okay. yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah, Dell was the workhorse that I always went to beforehand. Right. Yep. Um, so brand name is important. So hands-on brand name. How important is, let's, we're kind of going down the list here, folks. How about, oh, Gary, excuse me, how, how important is brand name to you? Oh, I think it, it is. Be, it's important because you get, um, better quality because they have better quantity that they can buy and they can buy uh, quality parts. Now they're buying a lot of the parts from the same, yeah. you know, yeah. suppliers, right? right? Exactly. So a lot of the parts are the same if you can buy in enough quantity, and those are the companies that can buy the quantity. Now you've got a how about we didn't say Microsoft, and you've got a Microsoft uh, a Surface Surface in front of yep. you. I did and not even think of it actually. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have the uh, first of all they're expensive. Right. Uh, yep. We're just talking about the brand names. Yep. And we're talking PCs because we didn't well, throw a Mac in there. Yeah. And, and so, for, yeah. Right, so exactly. the, first of all, the Surface, I would not put in a PC category because it's more of a hybrid, if anything. It's a tablet and it's a PC. It's not. Okay. Let's it not, doesn't do either one really spectacular. That's that's another whole conversation. It's that's a toaster. Yeah. It's an oven. It's a toaster <laughs> oven. <laughs> and there, okay. are, there are people that will buy these specifically. I use this for my PC. And it's yes. Fine. Yes. Okay. If I had the money, I probably would buy one of those. Okay. That's I have an right. Apple, which I love, and but if I had a money for a machine that size mm-hmm. with a and a lot tennis screen, yeah, and a lot of people. This is a two. There's now the fours out. The four, right? And so the this, lap uh, was it the call uh, the book um, Microsoft. 
It's, very, it's very memorable. <laughs> yeah, it must be memorable. Anyway, the other but, reason why I wouldn't include the Microsoft machine in it is that, and, and it's not anything to ding it as far as what it is, it hasn't been out long enough for me to say it's an established brand yet. Okay. And I would say okay. it doesn't have the quantity to be able to get the, the quality parts at a reduced price. Okay. Let's go to another one, because I want to move through this fairly quickly. CPU, the central processing unit. How what? do you make a decision about that? What do you get? As fast as you can. This one, for instance, excuse me, this machine, just just for the for the conversation, is an Intel uh, dual core Celeron. Yeah, it's it's pretty low end. It's medium end. Yeah, it's 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 not an i five. It's not an i seven or an i three. I wouldn't say it's medium. This would be fine for my wife. Okay, what would that mean? That would mean she does a little bit of Word. uh, She manages her photos. She does email. She surfs the web. Um, that that's fine for Could me. He, I this is low powered for okay. what I would want. Because why? Well, because I do some things. I do power spreadsheets. Good. I do pivot tables. I do a lot of okay. things that that's, this is too low powered. It would take too long. See, my my point is, I think most of our listeners probably could use lower-powered solar, you know, uh, CPUs so. yeah. and, and and save a fair amount of money. Like this is two hundred and sixty bucks for a fifteen and a half inch. You know, a laptop, right. and and for most of the people listening, I think this would be fine for emails, for uh, maybe doing a little bit of work with photos, uh, not for intensive, you know, photographics. Um, we're fine. So it's you don't pro- need to- it's probably a fair enough statement to say that most people use about twenty percent of the real power of that computer. You're probably go. right. So and, and that doesn't matter what processor they have they'll probably only use about 20 percent of it. so don't let the salesman say you got to have an i3 or you got to have an i5 or you got to have an i7 or the haswell chip you got to or skylake you got to have the latest of the intel chips no you don't yeah. no. what you do what, what i do say to people is buy the best you can for the budget range you're in right. okay right and as far as intel or amd i know most of the gamers that i work with and my boss is a gamer and a lot of people to hang out with they'll get amd because they get more bang for their buck, and um, and AMD makes some great video cards too, and chipsets. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, you know. it's not a step down necessarily to get an AMD. I wanted just the listeners to hear that you're not necessarily stepping down when you get, for instance, with this Lenovo, the Celeron chip, or if you get an AMD, you're just going to pay less for the processing power. That's just fine for mm-hmm. what most for, of our folks for do. most people. For most people, how about the size of the screen? Um, because a lot of, like, Gary, you have a 10-inch screen yeah, there. which will cost more. It, the smaller you get, the, the Ironically, more expensive Isn't that weird? It is. Yeah. 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 So it's you really can co- buy a 17-inch really cheaply today <laughs> yeah. and a 15-6. Well, this 15-inch yeah. here is... This is... And it's older technology. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, they recoup the investment in building it and uh, in designing it and building it. So um, it's, you know, but it's fine for most people, right? Now, you're not going to want to... Maybe use the screen if you have very detailed graphics that you have to do with it. But who does that? You know, a few designers. Is it Would it be true, guys, that if you got a 15-inch screen for an older person uh, who maybe has some eye you know, challenges to their vision, that they could make the, the screen resolution larger on a bigger screen That's like right. that and be able to read a little easier yeah. than on a 13-inch and, screen? And it's still real portable. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yes. My, my, my whole principle of computers, I have four of them that I always live by. Can't have a screen too big, can't have too much memory, can't have a processor too fast, and can't have too much hard drive space. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> well, and the thing is also to consider with the screen size is weight. 
So do you want to yeah. carry something that's four pounds or do you want to carry or, or seven pounds or do you want to carry something that's two and a half pounds? Well, right. so, and if you, but if it's going to be a, sitting on your desk all the time. By the way, this is four pounds. 4.3 4. Right. pounds is the way Well, you're going to wreck your shoulder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the 28-pound luggables. Remember oh, those? Lord, oh, Lord, yes. Oh but gosh. in most cases, for people, this will sit on their desk. My, To be honest with you, my laptop most of the time is sitting on my desk. The only time Mo- they're going to pick it up is when they have to dust around it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Most people don't move them around. Few people will take them out on their deck and sit there and do it, but they're going to be doing it on top of a table next right. to a cocktail. Right. Right. And most <laughs> of the time, the only time the weight really comes into being a factor is when you're traveling with mm-hmm. it. And it's going to be in a case. So what's yeah. the big deal? Yeah. In my opinion, hey, go big or go home. Uh-huh. For, and so, all right, what we're going to do in just a moment, folks, we're going to continue this conversation on talking about the screens. The, the question will be, to touch or not to touch? That is the question <laughs> with the screens. <laughs> Today, there's not a question. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. So I'm going to get my, uh, my comment in just before the, uh, <laughs> the music starts for the commercial message. We're also going to take a look at hard drives and uh, the kinds of hard drives you can get. And RAM. RAM. We're going to look at the operating system, some security, and also we'll talk about reviews. We're looking at building your next laptop and some of the factors that go into that. I hope this helps you, this conversation. We'll be coming back to continue that in just a moment here on the Internet Advisor. We're talking about uh, building your own laptop, and we're, we're kind of using something that I found on, on Amazon. In other words, I wanted to give you a, and I'll post this on our website after the show, um, a, a practical kind of thing to work from, and that is um, a, a Lenovo laptop, a 15 0.6-inch laptop. It has uh, Intel dual-core Celeron processor in it, 4 gigabytes of RAM, a 500-gigabyte hard drive, a DVD-RW driver in there, HDMI, Bluetooth, webcam, all of that, and running Windows 10 for 266 (laughs) bucks. A great deal. And we're using that kind of as a jumping-off point to talk about what are the things you look for when you're out purchasing a laptop? A question we're asked quite often here, and we're kind of going through some of the main things. We talked about the CPU, the central processing unit, the size of the machine, and things like getting your hands on it, brand names to consider. Let's talk about screens, to touch or not to touch. And Gary, you are, I know, ardently a fan of the touchscreen. Absolutely. Because it gives you your, options. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have touch screens and they don't use it very often, but when they want to touch it, and because it just makes sense to do that, it, it works. And we were talking about this on the, on the way over here to the program, yeah. about uh, the, the benefits and the, the, the pros and cons of having a touchscreen. And, well, it, usually you pay about 75 to $100 yeah. more per right. laptop if you right. have touchscreen. Maybe 50 to $75 or 50 to $100 more. And um, the only time I really find I use it on my Lenovo that I have, which I also got on Amazon, um, was... Sometimes when I go to websites, it always loads the um, advertisements first, and then my mouse is stuck. I can't scroll by that header, and I just want to get to the words so I can read it. But if I have a touchscreen, I could just swipe up and flick, and, and, flick and at yeah, least I can yeah. get there. The advertisers are still loaded. That's a perfect reason to use it. Yeah. 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 yeah Jenny, I, I, but, but Cal, wait a minute. Cal and I have disagreed in the past. I don't know if you've changed your mind. Probably not. <laughs> You are correct. Okay. <laughs> I have not. Uh, I, I have not really felt a use for a touch screen other than the fact that I want to get my screen all grimy with fingerprints. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I mean, I, I, 
maybe because I would, and, and I'm going to be quite honest, because I work a Mac and more than I do a Windows machine and I use that operating system that is not set up for touchscreen, right. maybe I can't appreciate it as much as I probably would if I was using I an OS that That's that. a big factor, by the way. I so think. I'm not going to completely write it off, yeah. but I, I, I've never really thought about a time when I wanted to take my fingers off the keyboards or off the mouse and go on the screen. So, I mean, you know, it, it's I'm still open to it. If you're mm-hmm. scrolling the internet like Ed's talking about, you're surfing, yes. uh, that, then I find one of my wife's Ginny has a, a little HP um, a laptop that we use, that she uses. I can see where that works perfectly, mm-hmm. and it makes a, it's complete sense. It's like using an iPad, or it's like using your my iPhone in that sense. You Very know, much the same thing. If I can find the external monitor that's touch, and if I hooked it up to my Mac, and if it works with that, I might be interested yeah. in it, but I'd have to try it. The thing I found is that doing fine work, like for instance, I'll take Jenny's computer, yeah, which is touch, it. and I try to do, use Publisher to create a greeting card for somebody, I have to plug a mouse in. It's I can't do fine work. Can you use the a mouse. stylus on a touch screen? Well, I, yes, yes, well, yeah. yes, you and, could. And and actually, I'll use that sometimes when I have to do something pretty fine. But I will tell you, there's been two or three times when I've tried to move some graphics around and try to change some graphics. Yeah. I need the mouse too. Yeah, and I've tried to use a stylus on Jenny's machine too, and it's just not fine enough. Is, to the, control. is the stylus pressure sensitive? Like, if I push harder on the screen, does it make the line bolder, or is it just basically for? Just so actually, that's a really good point, and it doesn't. Okay. But will the next one, um, the next iPad, maybe yes. do that? Because yes. well, the, well, the, the iPhone, iPad Pro does. Well, the iPhone exactly. oh, does it. Okay, because yes. I know right. the yeah. iPhone does now, and mm-hmm. I I don't have the new iPad, so yeah. but that would. That actually starts to make even more sense. Guys, let's take a, I want to move on to hard drives because this becomes a very big point. Um, what kind of a hard drive would you suggest people buy? Uh, like this one has a 500 gig hard drive, but it is a SATA drive. In other words, it's a mechanical drive. Nothing wrong with that. I have started to really appreciate the smaller drives solid state. Okay. First of all, it's it's comes up almost immediately. Yeah, blazing right? fast. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like almost like a tablet, not quite, but almost, very close. And I store I store everything in the cloud. I don't save anything. I'd save very little mm-hmm. on my computer. And the FBI loves you for that. And, and I'll tell you what, if the FBI wants anything, I have they can have it. <laughs> no, that's the IRS. Um, <laughs> they can have anything yeah. they want to. <laughs> How about you, Eddie? What the do you IRS think in terms already of has what I have. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, you know. I've only ra- actually ran across two failed SATA or um, solid state drives, and and I'm talking working at a corporation where we see say, I've never seen them. So hundreds good. of thousands of you know hundred well thousands, thousands of computers, right, right. and I've only had seen two failed solid state drives. Wow! So um, I think I, they're pretty, if I yeah they're much more reliable. Okay, definitely. Cal, how about you? I'm in the class halfway between the two. I like the hybrid drives. That's what I was going to I ask like him. the ability to have the speed of boot up that Gary talks about with solid state, but I like the capacity without paying the high price of a mechanical drive. Yeah. So the hybrid ones, as a matter of fact, I'm running the hybrid in this MacBook Pro I got in front of me right now. So, And what is it? Just explain for people what a hybrid means. Basically, what it is, it has an SSD uh, drive, solid and, state drive, and a mechanical drive, both in the same assembly. Right. The SSD drive is significantly smaller. What, 64? It, this one in here is an 8 gig SSD. Okay. And then the drive, the mechanical drive itself, is one terabyte. 
Okay. See, so folks, you can have a terabyte worth of storage, which is a mechanical drive, yes. but then you have that eight gigabytes, which handles some of the basic processes. Like right? for booting up and for things right. that are used uh, on a frequent basis is stored in the SSD. It learns. So Am I right, guys? Fast. It yes. learns. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm more and more impressed with the, with the hybrid. And my thought is, for instance, if I were to buy this Lenovo, I would pull that hard drive out immediately and buy a hybrid drive and put it in there. Really? And I might spend 80 bucks on a... Well, how much did you pay for yours, Bob? Well, I caught mine on a strange little sale, and it's one of the new. It was one of the older hybrids. So I only paid like fifty bucks for it. Whoa! Uh, but that 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 was uh, yeah. A the ones I was looking at were about eighty on. bucks, somewhere around that range, and you got like a five hundred gigabyte hard drive, and then you got like uh, thirty two gigabytes yeah. of of SSD on top of right. it. Right. I would probably go with one with a larger SSD in the future. But to have one terabyte of hard drive storage and an SSD would choke my wallet. <laughs> I, I would not take an. You buy a low price um, machine like this mm-hmm. for the fact that it's packaged and it's low price, and okay. you're not going to need it for very much. And and you know it for. I wouldn't. 70, inve- you wouldn't invest the money in it. Seventy-five percent of the people that are listening, that's what they would do. Okay. Don't touch it. Right? <laughs> don't touch. Don't um, with it. <laughs> but if you wanted the hybrid drive, I just go to um, you know go to the next higher model right. that right. has the hybrid drive right. in it. Yeah. Because you you're going to want a bus system that works with it. Okay. Right. As soon as you start messing around, these systems are all are really tuned woven together pretty tightly to for all of the components right okay. so it's, you can change components but at the lower end it's it's problematic i believe last last few things here guys ram i'm noticing everything is shipping with 4 gigabytes of ram would you automatically boost a date for oh, my, yeah. with my wife for my wife it's 4 i'm 8 or more or more yeah. it's always 8 or more and i'm going to tell you the reason why here's what happens a lot of times and we do this we come across these people all the time on the show i've had this machine for 5 years it's running slow now and if the drive is running fine the other side of the coin is What's happening is you're getting applications that you want to use today that didn't exist back when you bought that machine, and it needs more RAM to do those mm, things. Okay. By putting as much RAM as possible in that machine, you've got room for growth for okay. applications coming in the And future. RAM is cheap. And, and it cheap. is incredibly cheap nowadays. Now, except and, for when you – now, a lot of times when you buy the computer new, what they do is they fill up both slots – of the bottom of it with two two gig, yes, you, you know, and then what are you going to do with them? One. You're going to have to dispose of them and buy two fours. They make yeah. great keychains, yeah, and they make yeah. Key, yeah, you <laughs> can hang them from your ears, but you know, if you pierce your ears, and that's why I wouldn't mess with with this low end, right? I would go to the next uh, level up. Matter if you're going to if you're going to yeah. go to eight gig, don't don't buy something with four gig of RAM today. And and expect to be able to save some of it because I agree with that. It doesn't work that way. And the whole point of you coming up with this package is a package that a person can go in, buy, right. and start using. They don't have to engineer it or anything like that to just pick it up and do the thing. Well, folks, low when, cost. when people right. call us and ask, you know, how much should I put aside for uh, a laptop? Uh, the example that we're working from today is that I took this off of Amazon is a Lenovo uh, 2016 edition of a 15.6 inch premium laptop for 260 bucks. So it's out there. We're not kidding when we tell you you can get that kind of a machine. All right. Coming up into the next uh, hour, we're going to be answering your questions about your existing computers or maybe some further questions about how you go about buying a computer for yourself. The number is 800 Eight five nine zero nine five seven. That's eight hundred. 
859-0957. And in the show notes of our program, by tomorrow night, I'll have some of these key points lined up for you so you can consider it when you're out buying your next laptop. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown, and this is your hour. When you get the call with your questions, no matter where they are and where you happen to be right now or what the question is about, about computer, about whatever device you've got, your printer, getting on the Internet, getting around it, or getting over the problems you encounter there. Here's the number to call, 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0957. We'll be back in just a moment to take your questions. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor. Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Kel Carson are in studio here to answer some questions. And uh, we also have a gentleman who is a regular part of this hour of the program, and that's uh, Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News. That is a entrepreneur and technical news gathering uh, source that is put together over many years. Mike has been working at this and now is made available to you folks in our audience on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, all for nothing. And Mike, welcome to the program. Thanks, Foster. Always uh, lots of fun to do the show. Glad to have you with us here on uh, the show. And uh, we're telling people about what you bring together every week for them, which are these tech highlights and also about entrepreneurship in the state. And I thought we'd give uh, some examples, uh, some of the headlines that you have right now that people would be seeing, for instance, if they were we're receiving this on a weekly basis. One that I saw that caught my eye was that Southeast Michigan companies are outperforming the Silicon Valley. What ho? Yeah, I know. That's kind of hard to believe sometimes when you think about it. But Automation Alley's been around for, gosh, I don't know, 18 years, 17 years. And they've done a really good job of changing what we are here as a technology cluster in Southeast Michigan. Uh, so they just came out with a report on Monday and said that in some areas, not all areas, but Mm -hmm. in some areas, uh, that uh, Southeast Michigan is doing better than California, uh, you know, Northern California, which everyone calls Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really great. Any particular areas? I'm going to imagine that automotive-related is going to be one of the things that comes to my mind, although I know Silicon Valley is getting into that. Well, they were saying the vast majority of Southeast Michigan executives who they surveyed believe that technology companies have a greater return on investment in Metro mm. Detroit than they do in Silicon Valley. Part of that, of course, is <laughs> I lived out in the Valley a number of years ago, and it's very, very expensive to live there. So yeah. that's one of the real edges that we have here in Michigan in general, Southeast Michigan yeah. in particular, that you can live here a lot cheaper than you can in California. Yeah. And, and you also have to read 
remember that they surveyed executives in southeast Michigan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Uh, Although, you know... The we... Anderson Economic Group did the survey, but yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So I don't think they went out to the Valley and said, hey, what do you all think of Michigan? <laughs> so, uh... We'll take the good news anyway. Hey, one of the other things I saw as a headline there was that, that you, you listed some of the top telecommuting jobs. and Stay home, but still stay at work. Yeah, actually, that's a report that came out of Flex Jobs, and uh, you know, they're 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 uh, you know, if you want to telecommute, uh, it's information technology, computers, that sort of thing, healthcare, mm. uh, and a lot of people are doing that already. That's not really anything particularly new, particularly here in Southeast Michigan. There's a lot of auto engineers. They may still go to the office, but a lot of them stay at home. That's why we have such intensive broadband coverage in this area. Because to move those big data files, you got to have broadband, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they all work hand-in-hand. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's really the trend right now. Everybody wants to set up virtual corporations. Heck, mine is a virtual corporation. Mm-hmm. As Gary and you know, I deal with people all over the place, but we seldom see each other, right? We just deal with each other online. One of the last headlines I saw here, and this ties in with some of our conversations in the first hour, was about uh, Congress addressing the issues of the security that have been raised by the FBI-Apple conflict. Yeah, that's a real thorny issue. Uh, we had uh, Richard Steenan and Dan Lerman on my show last Monday. That's right. Very same debate. And, it, you know, I can see it on both points of view. You want to not make it easy for the bad guys to communicate so that we can't tell what they're doing. But at the same time, you have this very big privacy issue. And people like me and, and you guys, we want our privacy. We, we want to know that when we're dealing with people online, that everybody and his brother, particularly the NSA and the CIA and all these mm-hmm. other agencies, aren't reading everything that we're doing, although they probably are anyway. But, I mean, in terms of <laughs> Apple, uh, they're protecting the cloud. I mean, they right. have everything invested. In it. And if all these Apple iPhone users think, well, what's the point? Uh, you know, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. they're going to give that away to the government so they can go in through a back door. Why should I buy Apple? This is so inevitably, I mean, yeah, besides the courts, this is inevitably leading towards legislation. Mike, how do, can people get hold of your MI Tech News? At your website, you have a link there. And, right. uh, you know, we do. We also pick up audio news. This podcast, indeed, will be featured on MI Tech News, along with a bunch of others. But you can go to MITechNews.com, sign up for the newsletter, or you can just... Go there when you want. Check the news. You can take my RSS feed, and we'll push the news to you. There's lots of ways to get it. Excellent. It's a great way to keep up with technology news and entrepreneurial news that's going on around the state of Michigan. It keeps on expanding all the time. Mike Brennan, thank you so much for all you do for us and for keeping us on top of the news. Hey, well, thank you guys for featuring MI Tech News. All right. Take care. That's Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News. All right. We've got a whole bunch of people lined up. We've got Pam, Harry, Joe, and Jim, and we're going to be getting to you as well when you call us at 800-859-0957. Our tech experts are standing by waiting to answer your questions coming up in just a moment here on the Internet Advisor. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor. This is like a Three Stooges. Are you going to tell people what's really happening? No, no, no. Don't tell them. No, It's radio, This is radio. Let them just imagine. That's all. (laughs) So how did you break that? No. Oh, my unbroken string of breaking equipment. (laughs) What they're trying to tell you is that my microphone just kind of came off in my hand here in the studio. That's all right. It won't won't phase us a bit. We're going to go right back to our phone calls and say... The, oh, yeah, the yeah, fun yeah. part is he talking in the Hello, right Joe. Or welcome to the Internet Advisor. <laughs> How are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. I really enjoy your show. 
I had a bizarre thing happen today. We were out of town. In fact, we were uh, maybe uh, 50 miles uh, uh, north of uh, Silicon Valley in San Francisco for about a week. But oh, really? in any event, came back home, booted up the uh, the computer, uh, Windows 7 uh, computer, Dell laptop, and I got a, a completely different... Uh, desktop display uh probably about 90 percent of the icons just weren't there and the first thing that i was going to do uh i you know i looked uh, as to how to do a system restore and i said gee Ooh. before i do that i'm going to do the good old-fashioned you know turn it off and start up again so i did that i did a shutdown and then i uh i did a startup and everything came back the way it normally is. But, you know, hmm. to me, that's not a very good sign. Something is happening somewhere. <laughs> so this is wow. a little bit like that puppy that uh, was mad because you weren't around, and I don't know. I, <laughs> the puppy, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden you know, was doing stuff. The puppy was turned off. You yeah. know, I did do a, uh, a shutdown before we uh, we left, and everything has come back uh you know, when I did a, a reboot, everything has come back normally, but... Uh, okay, I have a couple questions for you, though. So when, when you power up your PC, is it password protected? No. Okay. So Okay, so that answers that question. More than likely what's happened, and this happens on occasion, is Windows will create a temporary, for some unexplicable reason, and I don't know what it would be. I mean, I could make something up, but Windows could not find your user profile. If, if you've ever navigated on your computer underneath the users folder, you'll see that you have a folder underneath there that matches your screen name. Mine, I have an Edward L folder, and I also have, uh, you know, my wife, Tina Rudell, she has a folder, or and my son has a folder, or, or guest in public. <laughs> well, for whatever reason, when you powered up your computer, Windows could not access that for that instant, and it created a temporary one. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it used the icons from the default folder, and so that's why most of your icons were gone. If you probably went into your My Documents, you probably wouldn't have noticed those were all gone. There was nothing there. It created a whole new um, profile, user profile for you, and when you rebooted, it all came back. Windows could find your folder. More than likely what was happening, it could have been either a, um, a minor disk corruption, you know, and Windows was able to resolve it, or Microsoft Windows was able to re resolve it. I mean, that's what I would suspect. So is this a, a Windows 7 or a Windows 10? No, this is a Windows 7. And uh. Uh, I did have another issue, which I think I managed to, and I'm not sure if this is uh, uh, related. Uh, a number of months ago, the, the computer wouldn't, uh, uh, wouldn't boo. It would just... Uh, go as far as the horizontal blue line and on that one i think i had a uh, an older uh and i'm searching for the term now where you uh, uh you plug uh, uh a, a couple of uh, items into a uh, uh like a portable uh, well not really portable but uh, in other words instead of using the uh, the usb ports you use all the USB ports on the computer, and, and then you uh, you still have a couple of other You're talking about a hub. items, like a, a hub, hub, yeah, yeah, USB and, hub. But yeah. Uh, when I uh, when I stopped using the uh, uh, you know that uh, device, everything was was fine, and 
are those two things related? I don't think they are, but again, I'm not the uh, I'm not the expert here. I don't think so, but um, did it take an unusually long time to boot up that first time when you got back? It did, yes. Yeah, so I think Ed's right. I've had that happen to me, actually, with a Windows 7 machine. Not had it happen so would, in Windows 10. So I'd back but, up your data as much as quickly as possible. It's right. possible your hard drive's about ready yeah. to fail. Right. Yeah, it was It was having a hard time finding your user profile. Hey, Joe, it's a final question. How old is your computer? Uh, it's either three or four years old. Okay, well, it's not the... Well, it could be the hard drive, but that would well, be unusual. Back because up. he had the computer turned off for a week. Okay, uh-huh. while he was gone, the hard drive's sitting there, the head's probably settled down onto the drive, kind of stuck. So when he fired it up, the timing was off, read the wrong position, presented the wrong desktop. When he rebooted it, the hard drive is still spinning, the timing got right again, picked yeah. up the right head, and it's got it going. But yeah. like Ed said, back it up yeah. and consider getting a new hard drive for it. Yeah, yeah okay. back it up. And, and then you can also run the Windows... Uh, disk tools and do a check disk on there or, you know, use the Microsoft integrated tools to perform a, uh, a disk check. Yeah, and, and it might not happen again unless you try to shut it off for a week. Right, because that's one thing Microsoft's really bad at. If you're having experiencing disk errors, it's not going to say, hey, you're experiencing disk errors. You better back up. Yeah, It'll never right. tell you that and unless right. it's imminent. Yeah. And you got to watch for these little signals. Okay, Joe, thanks a million. Pam from Portland, Michigan, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Oh. Um, I have some questions about backing up. Yes. I have in my taskbar the little icon that says my machine is potentially unprotected. So I opened it up and it said to check my what I was connected to back up to. So I chose to back up to my my passport, an external Yeah, drive. external hard drive, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I got done, and it says, the backup completed, but some files were skipped. And then it says options, and it says the backup, com- it says view skipped files, and up comes... It says, do you want to allow the following program to make changes to this computer? Mm -hmm. And the program name is Notepad, and no is highlighted. And do I want to allow it to make changes? And it's defaulted to no. And then you have to automatic, you know, you have to take and and proactively say yes if you want to. And that does that for any. any application it wants to that wants to make changes to your hard drive. So I should say yes. So no. well, so Notepad um, is a uh, standard application that comes with Windows. But I'm wondering why, Ed. I'm wondering that, why she's getting that warning. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's possible. So, what, so th- is this your antivirus that's warning you? What do you know? What program's warning you? I because think it's- my, it was just this little I, thing that was in your taskbar, I imagine, on the bottom, right? And this is, you were potentially maybe, unprotected? I have security essentials. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if that's what's warning me. Yeah, I'm not sure about that notepad notification. It sounds yeah. like you backed up your data, yep. and, and that's pretty standard for with you. Windows 8 and 10. Could be possible she had notepad open. It's got a document sitting there, and it wants to know whether it wants to save or not. Yes. And maybe that might be the notification she's getting. That might be. Do you, do you use Notepad at all? Do you know? 
No, I I don't. Some hmm. some some things will use Notepad um, to save like large um, files that you're cutting and pasting into the background. Um, you know what? Why don't you hang on? Hey, Let's see if we yeah. can hang. We've got to go to a break. Uh, but we okay. will uh, talk to you offline. Maybe we can help you. Let's see if we can get a little more help for her offline. Our number is 800-859-0957. Harry out there in Port Huron and Jim and Roy Oak will be with you and also with you at 800-859-0957. Thank you very much, by the way, to the folks who are behind the glass. Eric, thank you so much for having us. And Logan <laughs> Stanifer, thank you, who is our screener. You can Full hear, disclosure, my granddaughter. And you can hear her <laughs> smile when that's you talk right. to her. So call in and talk to her. Yeah, that's right. And our phone number, I guess, 800-859-0957. 800-859-0957. By the way, kudos to Pam for backing up. Yeah, so many did. people that call in have, have got problems, and they haven't backed up. And I guess the, you know, the simplest thing, folks, is if you've backed up, and you've got that security, you can do almost anything you want, including wiping the drive completely, you're still going to be safe. Yep. And and Windows 10, that is one of the messages you will get, and potentially unprotected. Yep. So, you know, Microsoft Security Essentials used to say that in previous operating system. And that's what she had. With him. But, oh, that, that's what mm-hmm. she had? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, but also Windows 10 will say potentially unprotected because you haven't backed up. Right. And it's it, so good. It seems to be a popular phrase by Microsoft. <laughs> it's one well worth taking to heart. Okay. Let's talk to Jim in Royal Oak. Jim, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Jim must you have. You are the best. <laughs> Hi, Jim. How you doing? I'm fine. Um, I have a question about one of the uh, sponsors of the radio station, MyCleanPC.com. Mm-hmm. And I hope I'm not putting you folks between a rock and a hard spot. Not much. That, um, have you heard anything about it? I'd love to try it and see if it speeds up my, my laptop. Mm-hmm. Any recommendations, any critiques? Well, I mean, there's nothing that um, that utility provides that Microsoft doesn't already provide, but Microsoft provides it in four different locations. I mean, what this utility does is it... Uh, it deletes temporary internet files and, and recycle bin and deletes log files. And then it also will maybe do a, a check disk and defrag and, uh, you know, there's maybe scan a few registry locations. But Microsoft also provides all of those utilities. Um, yeah, if yeah, this was I me, I wouldn't do I it. Used, you, you used to be able to manually defrag or manually do most of those. And I can't find a utility inside to do that. So, mm. in other words, I'm already having all that done for me. Well, that's true. Microsoft defrags your computer automatically in Windows 8 in the background and Windows 7. What yeah, What operating system are you running, Jim? Um, probably 7 or 8. I, I haven't wanted to go to 10 because I'm wary of it. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing that this utility... What I'm saying is you can get it done a different way. And if you wanted to go to three or four different places within Microsoft, you can do it for free. Um, The the program, Mm -hmm. um, there's a whole genre of of programs like this out there. This is one of the better ones. Um, So if you want to spend, I think it's 20 bucks. Um, It's got pretty good reviews, uh, good user reviews. Mm -hmm. uh, But 
again, you don't have to. I don't use it. I don't um, use because, it. I mean, hard drives are so large now. Yeah, be, In the and, old days, we used to run out of disk space all the time, and we needed utilities yeah. like this. Yep. And and like you said, Microsoft has built them in. You just have to go manually do it different, you know, go to a number of different places to get it all done. Right. And and if I was concerned, if I wanted to clean up a lot of space on my computer, I would use um, PC Cleaner, which is free. Mm-hmm. It's a it's something that you download now. It yeah. will ask you to purchase it as well, but it's on our internetadvisor.net website and it does you know clean out your disk drive. It also has a registry scanner that will remove obsolete um, startup entries that you that are still in your registry. Uh, last I looked on uh, my PC uh, mycleanpc.com, you did get a, a satisfaction guarantee, money back guarantee. They did. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um like I said, it's it's a reputable company. It's just that um you know, you have to question what how much better is that than what you could get for free. Right. And why would I want to have another utility on my computer, you know, you know that's possibly in the startup. I mean, I I don't know. I wouldn't do it because I'm a technical person. But yeah, I, I think that's part of way. By the way, Jim, I think part of what you're you're getting here from us is that um, we have all at one time or other had our hands in the systems and know where to go to get stuff done. We generally sure. we generally tend to lean away from all-in-one solutions to these kind of things because they have a certain cost. They can screw things up sometimes, especially if right. they're, they're dealing with the registry. But I can do that on my own <laughs> yeah, and have proven that many okay. other times. But, uh, yeah, it's gotten good reviews. Okay? Excellent. Thank you. All right, Jim. Thanks a million. You know, I, you know if it's something I don't, I know, I know. It's difficult to make decisions like that. Yep. And we tend to uh, be the kind of hands-on so people. Harry from Port Huron, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Hey, gents. Um, you were talking a little bit about laptops in the last half hour, yeah. and you were talking about solid-state drives and how quickly the boot-up time. I'm wondering how quick uh, you guys' uh, computers boot up these days with finding new solid-state drives. Boy, mine, uh, I can oh. tell you the, the difference between and the boot-up on my solid-state between you know when I didn't have a hot solid is incredible. I mean, yeah, it went, from, yeah. it went from 30 to 45 seconds to 8 seconds. Or, or less. Or 3. And, and Gary, you have a... A surface, right? Right, and I get I, it's about three seconds to boot up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the Maybe thing is, four. with if you're installing a solid state drive on a on an older com- Windows computer, you have to be careful on uh, using the manufacturer's software that's provided with it. Because remember, on older operating systems like Windows Seven uh, and on some Windows Eight, it's always trying to defrag your hard drive. That'll wear out a solid state drive. You have to disable that feature. Exactly, because you can't. Right, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Mm. All right. I was just curious about that because I'm using uh, I'm in my Windows machine. I've got uh, I, I have it in sleep mode, and I want to tell you what I love sleep mode. Yeah, me too. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, explain I mean, that. Would you, you can explain come that? Out in six to eight seconds, and you're right, or you're up and running. I mean, it's incredible. Is that the hibernate? So, Sleep mode, hibernate. Sleep mode, basically, hibernate actually takes everything that's in memory and writes it to the hard drive, okay. and then it actually does a complete power down. So, uh, okay. so that when you come up, there's a little flag that's written that says, we were in hibernate Check mode, for- copy everything that's on the hard drive in this area and copy it to memory, and then boom, you're out of sleep mode. So a hibernate takes maybe 12, 15 seconds, mm. right? Sleep mode takes eight seconds. I take my computer out of the bag, and I open it, and it's on. Mm. Okay. 
That would be the sleep mode? Go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And All right, that- fellas. Thanks a lot. All right, Harry. Thank you very much for your call. Appreciate it. And the number again, by the way, is 800-859-0957. We are open right now until 6 o'clock at the top of the hour. So if you've been holding off calling in because you thought there were all sorts of other people in line, guess what? The line just... Uh, got down to nothing and so we got opportunities for you to get on at 800-859-0957 i took that um older my wife's older laptop which was what my son had so it's probably seven years old Mm -hmm. okay and and it was start when i used it it was dogging right so i went and got a solid state hard drive on it and uh copied everything over it's running windows 7 and i disabled that defrag that runs in the background automatically yep. you can yep. instruct windows to do that and my wife's computer is so much faster i mean i really i, I gave it a few more years would you talk about that disabling defrag again and with a well, i can't remember defrag. where i found that it was basically in the disk utilities in one of the windows dialogues where basically microsoft in the background will 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 organize your files in a sequential manner Right. And that's what fragmentation and defragmentation is. Right. So that when the mechanical thing is spinning, um, the file, the head doesn't move back and forth like a as skipped much. LP as much. The files can be loaded um, sequentially. Well, in the old days, we, we wanted to do that with the smaller hard drives because you could, somebody described it as like a card table where you had, you know, the cards spread all over the table and mm-hmm. trying to play a game with them so you would move them all so they're closer together. Right, re-index. Could, the, right. And, Matter of you could watch right. that in the old days. You could right. actually watch that. Right. And that's what fragmentation is. And Microsoft did that automatically in Windows 7. On a solid-state drive, you have to remember there's, what is it? There's there's limitation on how many writes you can write to each individual cell. Uh-huh. So it is, a, is it like 100,000 or 120,000 writes per cell? So you don't want it. You doing don't want that, to do that, that. No, you right? Want to because that. if if it's defragging, you're going to wear that, not wear it out. You're going to uh, the lifespan of it is going to be seriously mm. reduced. Okay, let's go back to uh, Pat, who's with us from Commerce Township. How you doing, Pat? I'm bit by about like I told your girl that screens the calls. I'd be doing good. I wouldn't be calling you guys. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Let us help you then. Uh, well, I'm running Windows 8.1 Pro. Mm-hmm. Okay, on a desktop and. The last week or so, I was getting error messages. Every time I open up Internet Explorer, I don't know what version it is. The latest version comes with 8.1. It would open up, and all of a sudden, you get the error message. It found an error, and it had to shut down. It would never open up again, okay? Mm -hmm. I kept getting the message over and over again. So I contacted Microsoft, okay? Let the experts figure it out. They went to level one people, couldn't figure it out. I've been on the phone for four days times four different days mm-hmm. for them trying to fix internet explorer they keep saying my whole thing is corrupt everything else works on the hard drive they up they upgraded they put in reloaded windows 8.1 pro mm-hmm. they tried to do it they did all the updates and everything everything they did and it still crashes so internet explorer is the problem am i right yeah i mean that's okay. what it is so what i finally did was what the guys from microsoft did they actually loaded google chrome so i could have a a browser, so I could use the computer. Now, are you okay. sure these were Microsoft people? Or yes, did you it's call- Microsoft people. Definitely Microsoft. I talked to their level one; they couldn't help. That was all day last Saturday. I talked to their level two people. The same guy, three different days. He can't fix the problem. His only resolve, he said, is you gotta, we gotta wipe your hard drive clean and start all over again. All right, Pat. Okay. I'm gonna put you on hold, and we're gonna come back after the break and see if we can give you a hand with that. All right. This is Pat from Commerce. We'll be back with him. And we've got Ed in Southfield. We'll be with you as well. And if you want to give a call, 800-859-0957. Back to help you, too, as we wrap things up.
on the Internet Advisor. I'd like to thank Eric Dorch and my uh, granddaughter, Logan Stanifer, who have been uh, behind the scenes there working for us. Thank you so much. Yay! Logan, is that pleasant voice that greets you when you call? <laughs> thank you so much Fun for being there. And Gary Baker and Brudel and Cal Carson in studio here answering questions. Pat, by the way, I, got, I was talking with him offline. Uh, the, the, the session was so followed up with Windows 8.1 that the Microsoft tech had actually had to do had to install the Chrome for him because he couldn't get online to install Chrome. Oh, really? Well, see, this is what I don't understand. I mean, you should be able to get that. To, I mean, why would it be damaged? Microsoft should have mm-hmm. the ability to reinstall. Yep. Um, there's a way of extracting all of the native uh, Internet Explorer files mm. from the cabs or from the installation media and put it back on his computer with default settings. And why couldn't the Microsoft, sure, if know. it was really Microsoft, why couldn't they do that? You know, I asked him, why didn't he go up to Windows 10? And he said he has an Asus computer, about a three, four-year-old one. And apparently the it's the, the compatible, the drivers aren't compatible right. with, um, with Windows 10. As, Asus yeah. has not provided Microsoft with the drivers to yep. embed it in the Windows 10 update, yep. he'd have too many problems. Yep. And, and, and the biggest problem is with a lot of these updates is the video. Mm-hmm. So if, if the video doesn't work... I, you it get, shocked me that Asus wouldn't have done that. Well, no, they're, they're charged quite a bit by, oh, by Microsoft to include them in the distribution packages. Well, it's Windows 10, for pity's sake, and everybody's So it's it. really, the, the manufacturers have to fork up a lot of money hmm. to make those available to be included in the operating in system. In any case, they installed Chrome for him, so now he mm-hmm. can get on the internet. And he was asking about what are some other browsers in Firefox. Was in a little fun. Now, by the way, you do suggest, folks, that you have two browsers so that you can, if you have problems, one you can you see try another one. Well, you can back up the data, and then most computers that shipped with Windows 8.1, you have the ability to re- restore it back to factory defaults, mm. right? And he can just reinstall the operating system as if it came from the manufacturer, and then restore his data, and he'd be good to go. He'd get a lot of updates, of course, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right, let's go to back to Ed from Southfield. Ed, welcome to the Internet Advisor. What can we do for you? I recently purchased a uh, Windows 10 uh, laptop to replace my wife's. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Windows 7 machine. And okay. Before I, before I set it up completely, finish the setup, I wanted to set up a routine for for eliminating antivirus and and uh, 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 malware. Like malware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on your site, I uh, I saw a company called uh, Spark Trust. Uh, and they had a, a couple of programs, and I would I was just wondering whether you rec- would rec- recommend using those. Now, you, had you had any experience with Spark Trust? Hmm. So when you say on our site, on WJR site, on the uh, on the uh, Internet, Advisor. Internet Internet Advisor site. Well, the ones that I personally ref- recommend are underneath our toolkit at the top. Um, underneath tools, I would recommend. Well, uh, did you say it was a newer computer? With it'll come with Windows eight or Windows ten. Windows 10. Windows yeah. So it has great antivirus. The only thing I would add to it is in the anti-malware, mm-hmm. which is $25 a year from uh, Malware Bytes. Uh, and, and I don't even have that on mine. I did not purchase mine because I really have only had to run it once. And I used the free version of Malwarebytes mm-hmm. on my computer, and I ran a scan. And really the only thing it found, because it seems Windows 10 and Windows... Oh, I'm running Windows 10. Mm-hmm. It seems very secure, and I yes. haven't run across... Any infiltrations, really, on uh, my computer. So the uh, the Macavie comes with the with the Dell. 
Well, I, yeah. I, I hadn't set it up with McAfee. So, I, I just good. thought maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah, I think, uh, Ed, I'm, you can agree or disagree with me on this, but I think in general we kind of feel like with, uh, with Windows 10 that Microsoft has built with Windows Defender, it's built in a great antivirus program already. And as Ed is saying, he hasn't experienced any, any problems with it. Right. If you want to add something to that, I agree with you. Forget McAfee. As a matter of fact, I would uninstall it because you've already got a program working in there natively called Windows Defender. It's already at work. Right. And as soon as you uninstall it, Microsoft Windows, the operating system, will come up and say, we notice you don't have any antivirus programs. Right. So here is a, and it'll bring up a, um, um, a, a page that displays McAfee, Norton, um, Kapersky, and Microsoft's you know, Security Essentials and Defender, and it'll provide it in a list of 10 different antivirus programs. And and Microsoft is like, they, you know, a slap on the back for Microsoft because they've been nailed by various uh, regulation bodies. Um, they're, they're putting the other manufacturers first, but Microsoft's antivirus is on the second line down. You know, each one has their own mm-hmm. corporate logo. And uh, when you uninstall the the one that's shipped from the manufacturer McAfee, in this case you'll you you'll you'll be presented with a page and Microsoft's will um, you have the ability to download a different one or you can use the integrated Microsoft uh, and um, we, security essentials or Defender and we recommend you use the one that's there with the Microsoft security essentials and Defender I that's have, what we're saying to you right now uh, and then if you wanted to add anything additional you could download Malwarebytes for free right and um, and have that available in case you need to run scan your computer. Or as Ed was saying, you can pay the $25 a year and get the active version of Malwarebytes, and that means that it'll be running all the time. But get, you don't need to do that. One other thing. These new machines, they don't allow you to make a recovery disk any longer without yes. paying for it? No, no. No, you, no, no, no. You can do that. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, I, I tried to, I, uh, on setup, I tried to, uh, to, to make a recovery medium, and it, 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 it wouldn't allow me to do it. Well, then, it might be that's the way provided by the manufacturer, but in Windows, you can you can always create recovery media by mm-hmm. going into the control panel underneath, I think it's file history in Windows 8.1, and underneath file history or backup, you have the ability to make recovery me- media. And this is, you're, you're, not, you're not using the manufacturer's recovery, you're not creating, using the utilities provided by the manufacturer to create backup media. You're using Microsoft's utilities to create backup media. So that would be found in what area again? In the control panel. So if you go to the search bar and in Windows 8.1, you could type control panel. And then you can type in, um, once you're in the control panel, you search for Microsoft's, I think it's file history or backup. And basically, you'll, in there, you'll find the ability to create mm-hmm. um, a Windows system image. Yep. If, you always, if you have problems, you can always um, go to Bing and Microsoft Search Engine or Google.com. And you could find a, a video or a YouTube video on how to create a Windows 8.1 backup media. And, and, and it will give you step-by-step instructions. What we're going to suggest for you and for the rest, uh, Lena and Keith out in Lansing who are waiting to get on, we, we can't get you on the air right now. But if you have further questions for us, simply go to our homepage, internetadvisor.net, and you'll find a contact button there. And you can click on that and leave us an email. And we've gotten a lot of emails this week. We love to get them during the week. Ed and Shane and Cal and myself will look at those and Gary and uh, if we've got some advice we can give it that way as well okay thanks so much for being with us and for the rest of you folks out there so we couldn't get to your calls right now but again if you go to that contact 
button on the internetadvisor.net website. You can put your question in there and we'll get to you just as soon as we possibly can. Thanks so much for joining us today and hope you have a great week. Don't forget again that uh, as of Sunday night, I'll be posting the full podcast all two hours and we'll also have all of our program notes up there, including those pointers we had on on factors to consider when you are building or going out to get your own brand new laptop. We did that in the first hour of the program. Thanks again to Ed and to Cal and to Gary and to all of you out there for listening to us here on the Internet Advisor. Have a great week. We'll see you back next week on the Internet Advisor. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show. Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.